0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church, an outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message.
1: Ephesians chapter 6 tonight, we're going to continue talking about keys to obtaining strong faith, strong faith. And over in Ephesians chapter 6, it says in verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. What does that mean? You know, a lot of times folks quote that. Folks, how many of you know that scripture? know quite well. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Well, how, how are we to be strong in the Lord? Well, by being strong in faith. Because again, you can't be strong in the Lord and not strong in faith. Because faith is what hooks us up with God and allows God's strength to flow in and through our lives, so say it with me. Say, I am strong in the Lord, and in the, Lord. And, in the and in the power of His might, I am strong in faith, and, strong in faith. And, in and in the power of His might. Hallelujah! God's might, the Lord's might, but it's by being strong in faith. And uh, you know, we see in the Word of God examples of folks that had great faith, folks that had little faith, folks that were weak in their faith. So, you you and I want to go on to strong faith, and we want to keep our faith strong. We want to have strong faith, and we want our faith to be strong all the time. And that doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. It's something you develop. Because, again, when we were all born again in this world, when we gave our lives to the Lord Jesus, we received the faith of God. We received the spirit of faith on the inside of us. So, we have God's faith in us, but... Just like a newborn baby, when it's born, it's, a, it's 100% human, but it's weak. But it will grow strong as it feeds itself, or as, as it's fed. And it, it feeds, it's nourished, and begins to exercise and use those muscles and things. Then that baby begins to develop and grow and get stronger and stronger and stronger. So it's the same thing with you and I. Uh, we have 100% God faith. We have it. We have 100% God faith. Now we just got to nourish it with the word of God and exercise it by using it. Using it. And we're not just to use faith in a crisis, but the Bible says the just shall live by their faith. Live by their faith. So it's something we're doing every day. We're just working it every day. It's, a, it's just a part of life. Two we are. It's who we are. We are faith people. And we were looking at Abraham who is referred to in the scriptures as the father of our faith. And he received a physical miracle for both he and his wife. And it was quite a miracle as they were able to have a child when they were past the age of childbearing. They were elderly, but they still had this promised child that God said that they could have. So they, they received it, they received that promise through their faith. So we're looking over at Romans, the fourth chapter, verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. If you don't quite understand that, that's okay. We're not going to go into detail on the difference between the law and grace and so forth. But just wanted you to see that he is talking about faith. Verse 17, as it is written... I have made you, this is God's promise to Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, even God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they did, and who contrary to hope, in hope believes, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be, and not being weak in faith. Or we can say, not being weak in the Lord. Not being weak in the Lord. So if he wasn't weak in the Lord, he must have been strong in the Lord. So notice, in not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, or as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but, notice, was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. So notice, he was strengthened in faith. In other words, he grew in faith. Let's look at the first key to obtaining strong faith. And we're going to find these keys within these verses that we just read. Verse 17 again, number one, verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Notice that statement, as it is written, as it is written, I've made you a father of many nations. Let's jump to verse 18. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was written. Spoken. So notice, what was written, it is written, and what was spoken. God's word has two Greek words. One is logos, which means the written word. And then the other one is rhema, rhema, which is the spoken word. And we need... Both. We need the written and spoken word of God. It's not enough just to read the Bible. You got to hear from God. You've got to let God speak to you. And how will he speak to you? Primarily, the number one way he will speak to you is through the it is written. He will speak to you through what is written. In the word of God. This is the word of God. It's what is written. But God wants to speak to you. In other words, he wants to have a personal conversation with you. We're not just to be reading the Bible like it's a textbook. We're not just to be reading the Bible and just getting educated. Just educating our heads. We're to be fellowshipping with God. We're to be hearing from God. We need to look at the word of God as it's God speaking to me. God's speaking to me. God wants to talk to you. Isn't that an awesome thing? Amen. Man, I sure wish God would talk to me. Open your Bible. Amen. Open your Bible. That might seem real simple, but you understand, there's a lot of people that look at this as a promise book. It's a promise book. Some people, and they even, you know, they even make other books. They call, you know, God's Promises. And it's like the promise book. And to me, it's almost, like, it's almost like a fortune cookie book, you know? It's got all these nice little fortune cookies. It's got all these nice promises in it. And a lot of people, you know, they, they look at the principles to live by that, that the Word of God teaches. There's all kinds of principles that the Bible teaches us. Thank God for the principles of God's word. Thank God for the promises of God's word. But we don't want to just stop there. We want to recognize that God is literally speaking to us through these words. It's personal. And this is God talking to me. God's telling me something. I'm not just putting faith in promises. I'm not just putting faith in principles. I'm putting faith in the person of God. The person of God. So every single day we say we may say the written word is God speaking to me. Speaking to That's right. We don't want to just leave it as letters. You don't want to just leave it as letters. You don't want to just leave it as logos. I don't know if I'm saying it exactly right. If there's any Greek scholars out there, please forgive me. It's a Greek word. You know. It's all Greek to me. I do. <laughs> now we don't. We want khema. We want the rhema, word of God. We want that spoken word of God, that God breathed, that God indwelt, word of God, that God inspired word of God. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 4 that the word of God is living. It's living. It's not just letters. It's living and it's powerful. It's alive. It needs to be alive to you. And you know it's alive to you when you're excited about it. <laughs> when you're excited about it. So like, I know I should read the word. I know I should read the word. It's like a drudgery. You know, they got to they kind of force themselves. It's like, do you have, like a, do you have something where, you know, like a, like, a, like a Bible reading program where I can read through the Bible? Because I really need a lot of help to get through this book. Well, see, that's not living to you then. I said, it's not living to you. Now, you could set up parameters around your life and disciplines and things to help you to stay on track, you know, in in spending time with God in his word. But you are spending time with God in his word, and he's talking to you. And there's things he wants to tell you. There's stories he wants you to know about, and he wants to reveal himself to you through the scriptures. So God is speaking to you through the word when you understand it is God speaking to you, then you don't just make it say whatever you want it to say. A lot of people, they try to make the word of God say what they want it to say. And that's why we get all these different doctrines that are out there. We get all these confused people out there believing all kinds of wild and crazy things. And why is that? Well, because it's not God speaking to them. It's them figuring, the, figuring out a book. It's them figuring out these letters here them figuring this thing out. But, you know, it's not about figuring it out. It's about God speaking to you, revealing it to you. God has to reveal the word to you. Amen? Amen? So that's how you got to approach the word of God, that God himself is speaking to you. And he is the one. He's alive. He's real. He's living. He's powerful. And he's revealing it to you. He's going to sit down. He's going to teach you. He's going to talk to you. And he does it through the scriptures. So that's number one. The first key to strong faith is having a reality of God's word. Second key to strong faith is seen in verse 17 also. Notice it says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God. So he believed God. He believed the word of God in the presence of God. And I talked a little bit about this last time, that God's presence, although it can be felt at times, it's not a feeling. It's not limited to a feeling. A lot of times when people talk about, oh, the presence of God, you know, it's a feeling. It's a tangible feeling. And thank God, God will manifest in a way that it'll be tangible to you. And there are certain things you can actually see. When God manifests. There's certain things you can see on people. When God begins to manifest on them. When his glory begins to come upon their life. But that's, that's not necessarily. That is the presence of God. But that, it's not limited to that. The presence of God is not limited to a feeling. To an experience. It's a conviction. It's a believing. It's a knowing. That he is. That he is. And that's why the Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 6. It says... In talking about faith, the whole chapter of Hebrews 11 is all about faith. He says, he who comes to God must believe, what? That he is. That he is. That he is. So, there's there's an awareness of God. So, again, you get in the Word, it's God speaking to you. Number two, you're aware of him. You have that reality that he is. And it's not just limited to when you're in the Word, but as you go through life... Wherever you go, there he is. God is there with me. So it's an awareness of him. God was present and real to Abraham. God needs to be present and real to you. You need to have a reality that he's present, of his presence. Abraham, we see here in the scripture, he had that reality. And so as a result of that, his faith was living. His faith was strong. His faith was powerful. You know, you think about over there in Luke 18. Jesus tells a story about a certain religious man who came before God and prayed. And he said, oh, God, he said the name God. I thank you that I'm not like other men. And he begins to name all the bad things that people do. And he's just thanking God that he's not like these people, you know. And when he finished praying, and Jesus talk, telling the story, Jesus said, He thus prayed with himself. Isn't that interesting? He used God's name, but God wasn't there. He was just into himself being religious. He was just into himself. He just liked the way it made him feel. You know, uh, when the church was really new and we didn't have any musicians, you know, that was, that was God's will at the time. You know, you'd have people that would come in and say, I can't come to this church. I need praise and worship. I need praise and worship. Or when we started having musicians, well, the praise and worship isn't good enough. And it's like, oh, wait a second. Are you being praised and worship? <laughs> See, people turn it into like it's a, a concert. You know, it's about them. And they, got, they do all the right stuff. You know, you got your hands up and, and you're doing all the right stuff. You know, It's kind of like I saw on a, a certain Christian station years ago, you know, there was these three ladies and they were wearing these really tight, slinky, long dresses, you know. They're standing up there on the platform and they're singing, you know. And, and, and they're swaying and saying, We give you all the glory and the honor We, you know, it's like, I I don't don't know, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's, I think they thus sing with themselves, I, I just think, you know, where is he, you know, but you see, a lot of times it's the experience that people are looking for, and they're looking for it to make themselves feel better, and they're more into themselves than they are aware of him, you understand, this is, there's a lot of this. In the body of Christ today, so we want to make sure that we're not like that because we want strong faith. People like that aren't going to have strong faith. You say, "Well, I don't understand." You know, I see them; they're doing this all the time. Why don't they? Why, why are they so defeated? Why aren't, why aren't they able to receive the things that God has for them? What, what's wrong with them? Why are all these things happening? You know, it's the devil; he's attacking them because they're so wonderful. The devil—he's just got extra hitmen out <laughs> trying to take them down. Because they're just so amazing, you know, they're just, I don't know, demons are afraid of me. How about you? I'm not sitting here giving glory to the devil. He's on the run. They said he's on the run. He's shaking in his boots tonight because he, know he knows I just took the platform. Praise God. So that's got to be our attitude because we're the, well, God's here. What in the world? Why are we talking so much about the devil? God's here. God's here. We're aware of God Almighty. He's with me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. So we're walking in that awareness of him. So that's the second key, having a reality of the presence of God. The third key just flows into this, you know, talking about the presence of God and the spoken word of God. The third key is having a reality of our fellowship with God. This is the reality that you and I are honored and privileged to have fellowship with God. First John chapter one, verse three says that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. So he says, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, we have fellowship with God. No, I believe all that. Where's your joy? Where's your joy? Some people, some Christians can barely smile. Let alone their joy is full. See, we need to have our joy full. How do you have have full joy? By knowing that you have fellowship with God. You have fellowship with Him. You're in a partnership with Him in life. This is the greatest honor God can bestow upon anyone, that we can come and have fellowship with Him, that we can spend time with Him. Greatest honor. Greatest honor to have fellowship with him. He goes on here in First John, and in verse 7 it says, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. You know, there's not going to be condemnation. There's not going to be guilt. There's not going to be shame if we're spending time fellowshipping with God. Now, I'm not just talking about praying. I'm talking about fellowship, like friends, like family members, right? The Bible says Jesus is not ashamed to call us brethren, like brothers. We, we spend time with them, we're talking with them, we're fellowshipping with them throughout the day, sharing things with him, sharing our experiences in life with him, and asking God to share experiences with us. And that's how he wants our lives to be lived, by living in fellowship. With him, communion with him. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14 says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion or fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. It's for all of us. It's for all of us. We all ought to have that fellowship with him and then that goes back to 1 John what we just read in 1 John where it says let me let me just look at it again in verse 7 he says uh, of chapter chapter 1 but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin so as we are all having fellowship with the holy spirit having fellowship with god there's going to be no condemnation there's going to be no guilt, no shame. It's going, to, it's going to keep us free of sin. And it's going to cause us to be more in fellowship with one another. Well, how can I get closer to the church? How can I get closer to, to you, Pastor? I've had people say to me, I want to, get closer. I want to get, clo- get closer to the Lord. Get closer to the Lord. Because our fellowship with one another is dependent upon our fellowship with him. But if you're fellowshipping with the devil, if you're fellowshipping and having communion with the devil, and of course people do that by who they associate with, what they watch, what they're listening to, what they're filling themselves up with on a regular basis. If they're having fellowship with things that are contrary to him, well, see, then that's going to affect our fellowship with one another. Don't you see that? Yeah, because our connection is not just physical. It's not just natural. It's spiritual. We're here because of our fellowship with him. And as we fellowship with him more, it brings us together more. It brings us together in one accord more. And our fellowship will deepen with each other. Unless it's just a social club. And you could just get a membership to a social club and just make a lot of friends. You understand. But that isn't, this, that isn't God's design. That's not his way of the church functioning and operating. He wants it to come together and grow out of a deep, rich fellowship, number one, with him. Which then overflows into fellowship with each other. Can you say amen? amen. So, having a reality of our fellowship with God is the third key. The fourth key to obtaining strong faith is having a reality of the indwelling Spirit. The Spirit who dwells in you. John chapter 14, verse 16 says, And I will pray, this is Jesus talking, He says, I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Helper, that He may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, Whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells in you, in you. You think of Abraham. I mean, he was aware of God's presence. God was there with him. But now you come over to the New Testament. We have something so much greater than Abraham. You got to stand. Our faith should go way beyond Abraham's faith. He only had the Spirit of God present with him. You and I had the Spirit of God indwelling us. Somebody say, Spirit of God Spirit is, living in me. is living in me. Yeah, he's living on the inside of us. This is powerful to understand that as we're going through life, it's not just an awareness of his presence, but an awareness that he dwells in us, that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That takes it to another whole level takes it to another whole level. And people know, you know, you can look outside and you can see landscapers out there working on your lawn. They're on your property. They got the house surrounded. Right? They got crazy machines. And they're moving all around your house, you know? And that's that's wonderful. But I don't people know it's a whole lot different is if they come in your house. <laughs> right? It's a whole lot different. If all of a sudden they just come in your house and they start moving all around inside the house. How people you know that's a big difference? Right, that's why we lock doors. <laughs> See? So God isn't just around our house. He isn't just around our life. God is inside us. He's on the inside. I said he's on the inside. And so because he's on the inside of us, we have the inside scoop to what's going on in life. And I, you know, I, I think about the disciples at the Last Supper, and you had all these disciples around. But it Bible says John was the closest to Jesus. He was leaning on Jesus. He was actually leaning up against him. And Jesus said some things about being betrayed, and they were all wondering, well, who, "Who's going to betray you?" And so Peter was over here next to John. And he nudged John, and he said, ask him who it is. See, Peter wasn't close enough to ask. He asked John to ask. So John was leaning right on the Lord. He said, Lord, who is it that's going to betray you? Jesus said, the one who dips the bread in the dish with me. So John received revelation from the Lord that the rest, even Peter, they didn't hear about. They didn't hear any of that. They didn't know that. But John knew that. Why? Because John was right there up against the Lord. Well, you and I have it even better than John. Because we're not just leaning up against him in the flesh. Glory be to God. He's living on the inside of us. So we can ask him things and he's right there. It's right there on the inside of us. See, that's even closer than just being around us. He's on the inside of us. So that's how you and I are being led through life. Being led by the indwelling spirit of God. Hallelujah. Somebody say, he's living in me. Amen. You know, the Bible says in 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Shall I share that story? TGI Fridays? Huh? Okay. So, you know, I'm working at TJ Fridays because I'm out there at Bible school. And so in the evenings, I was working in that restaurant. And I had just gotten the job. And so there was a lot to learn. You know, you've got to learn the menu. You've got to learn the, the register. You've got to ring things up correctly and all that kind of stuff. So they put me on a Friday night. They liked me so much. They put me on a Friday night. And there was this, you know, cowboy dude who had been there for years. And for some reason, he didn't like me. And so he was trying to make it real hard on me. And so he was just harassing me. So I'm trying, I'm trying to, you know, break right down the order of this. And he'd walk up and goes, you forgot stuff on the table. Well, hey, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. And he's just really making it hard on me. So I'm in the, you know, in the weeds. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to survive this night, you know. And I got this guy just all over. me. And finally he walks up to me. He says, I don't know what it is about you, but I don't like you. And I'm going to get you fired. And I thought, this is just great, you know. This is great. So I'm, I'm trying the best I can. And finally I go over and I'm loading my tray up in the kitchen, putting stuff on it. And I said, Lord, I said, I can't do this much more. I said, you're going to have to do something about this guy. And on the inside of me, somebody say on the inside. inside. On the inside of me, the spirit of God rose up in a heat. I mean, he he was mad. He was mad. I could feel he was mad. He rose up on the inside of me and he said, greater is he that's in you than he that's in him. Stir at him. That's what he said. And the guy next to me didn't hear it. Why? Because it wasn't on the outside. But it was just that clear to me on the inside. I mean, it was, God was mad. He was mad for me. Isn't that powerful? But that teaches you a lot about God and our relationship with him. Hallelujah. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in him. Now, the scripture says greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Well, this guy's in the world, right? But I knew at that moment that when I stared at him according to the direction of the Holy Spirit, I knew the Spirit of God on the inside of me was going to look through the windows of my eyes... Into his windows, into his eyes, to the demon spirit that was in him, driving him. I knew that, so I bloated my trap. I came around the corner, and he said, "He's." I saw him. He nudged the guy next to him and said, "Watch this." And I knew he was getting ready to harass me. Some He's having fun with me, you know. So yeah, I come around the corner, and he and he says, "Watch." This. So he, he said something. I don't even know what he said. And I just stopped, and I just turned back and looked at him. I didn't make a mean face. I didn't try to act like that. I didn't do anything in the flesh. I just looked at him in faith, knowing that the Spirit of God indwells me and is now looking through my eyes at this guy. I knew he was looking through the windows of my eyes into the demon that was in him. And so we just walked. So he went like this, and we just locked. I'm standing there. And he's looking at me. And he goes, he's looking at me. And he goes, just like that. And I turned the corner, man, and I went, glory be to God, <laughs> hallelujah. And I went and served my tables. He never gave me any problems for the rest of the night. That demon left. Yeah. Or at least the demon ducked way down deep inside him. Yeah. I don't know if it left. I don't know if it was cast out or if it just went down deep inside of him, never to be heard from ever again. I mean, he didn't want to show his face ever again. Why? Because that demon in him saw who was in me. Showed <laughs> so Jesus. I I wish I could have seen that. That must be something. But he never bothered me again. At the end of the night, he said, "You know, I don't know why I was giving you a hard time, you know." And he starts asking me about the Bible school. And next thing you know, we're having we're talking and everything else. It's great after that. That doesn't make sense. See, I heard from God. I heard from the Spirit of God, and uh, the proof of that is in the fact that it worked. Well, that same Spirit that's in me is in you, if you're born again. Hallelujah. We need to be conscious of the Spirit within, the indwelling Spirit of the living God that's on the inside of us. Can you say amen? Amen. 1 Corinthians 3.16 in the Amplified says this. It says, do you not know and understand? Listen <laughs> to that language. It's kind of like the way the Lord angrily rose up inside me and says, greater is he that's, in other words, you know this. Do you not know and understand? And he's written this to the church. A lot of people don't know this. They'll say it, but they're not really aware of it. They really don't understand it. That you the church are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwells permanently in you collectively and individually. Somebody say, The greater one's in me. One's in me. I turn to someone and tell them, Don't mess, me. Don't mess with me. Don't mess with me. Praise God forever. He's in me. All right. Number five, fifth key to obtaining strong faith is a reality of the new creation. A reality of the new creation. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Weren't we singing that tonight? I am not the same, I am... I'm same anymore. Right. What are you? I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. Old things, old sinners, have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You gotta understand, you're not the same person anymore. You're brand new. When you got born again, you understand that's when your life started. It started all over again. It's new now. It's a new day for you. It's not the old life anymore. Now, on the outside, your hair still looks the same. Well, mine doesn't. It's, you know, it's changed over time. You know, sometimes you change things over time. You know. But you know what I'm saying? If a person gets saved, you don't see necessarily that things are new and they're a completely different person than they were before, but that's exactly what has happened to us. We're not people just trying to improve our lives now. We've, we've got some religion in our life. We're learning about God. We're getting those principles and we're growing and we're making better use of ourselves. We're becoming better people. No, 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 uh, no. We're no, we're not trying to improve on an old sinner. That sinner is dead, buried, passed away, Gone! I'm a new creation. Man, this, this is key to having strong faith. You can't see yourself as a sinner. You walk around saying, I'm an old sinner saved by grace. You've got this sinner mentality. You're, you're, again, you know, you're, you're, the, you're still the same person, but you're trying to improve upon yourself with the Bible and with church and things like that. See, no, you're going to have, your faith's not going to be strong. Strong faith is in knowing, no, I'm not the same person anymore. I'm not the same person anymore. In fact, when you talk about the past, you know a lot of times talking about the past, I'll say, you know, yeah, the guy that used to live in this body. I'm talking about, you know, BC days before Christ. I say, you know, the the guy that used to live in this body. You know, he's dead now. He's gone. But uh, and then you you speak a memory of that old guy. Don't like talking about him much. Actually, I don't even like him. A lot of people liked him. He was a nice guy. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like he was a thug wasn't like he went around and he picked on people and he's just a nasty person. He was actually a very nice guy. He really was, all things considered. <laughs> but, man, I dislike him. See, because I'm completely the opposite of him. No, no, I'm not just a step up. I'm, not a, I'm just not a little bit better. I'm, I'm completely opposite of the guy. I mean, I don't, I don't think like him anymore. I, there's, I mean, I don't like him. I don't. I don't like him. I don't even understand people. They want to go back and they want to continue in that mess. I mean, I, I so far. I mean, when I got new, I ran from the old. Right, yeah. I mean, I just ran. Have you remember the six million dollar man? You know, the man that used to live in this body. He used to watch that day. as a kid. You know, the six million. And he's you know he's running like sixty miles an hour. You know, he's six, but they do it in slow motion. Steve Austin, an astronaut, a man barely alive. Anyway. We can rebuild him. We have the technology. We can make the world's first bionic man. Anyway. Anyway. I got saved. It was like. That guy could jump, too. Which I will not illustrate right now. <laughs> I mean I don't get this hanging around people hang around the old pig slot because they have no idea. They still think they're porky. They still think they're the piggy. There's the same old piggy, you know, we're just trying to just trying to clean up the piggy a little bit. You know, thank God for the Bible and help clean up your clean up your trough. <laughs> thank God, you know. Keep the trough clean. I got a much cleaner trough since I've got saved. Right? I got a cleaner trough since I got saved. And that's their their boast. Dear Lord, dear Lord, dear Lord. I'm not the same. How about you? See, this is key. Understand, you are a new creation. Meditate on these things. Know these things. Don't just hear it tonight. Meditate. I mean, think on these things. Develop a consciousness, a reality of the new creation. Got to develop that reality. These are all things to develop. If you develop these things, these realities, you'll have strong faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. We have in our spirits the very life and nature of God. We are his very own sons and daughters. We have his DNA. He is our Father. Can you say amen? Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Notice that. Created where? In Christ Jesus. Not just created in the earth like Adam was. We weren't just created in in our mother's womb. He formed us in our mother's womb, we understand it. But then we got born again, and now whoo, he reformed us in Christ Jesus. We were born again. We were formed in Christ Jesus, just like we were formed in our mother's womb. Naturally speaking. That's who we are. That's who we are. We're his, workman. Same thing, I'm his workmanship. You say it this way, I'm his masterpiece. That's right. So never speak, never speak poorly of yourself. Because you're insulting him. Don't insult his workmanship. He made you. He he created you. In Christ Jesus. And so don't ever say bad things about yourself. Because that's insulting the creator. The one that puts you together. I'm a this. And I'm a that. And I just never. and Negative, negative, negative. Well you're not going to have strong faith. If you talk like that. You need to fear talking like that. Understanding you're talking about his workmanship. You gotta say, if he if he made if he made me, I'm a masterpiece. I have to be. I have to be. That's not an ego thing. It's not like me. I didn't do it. I'm giving him all the glory. Right? We're giving him the honor, giving him the praise for what he's done. We're acknowledging you're awesome. And that's what we talk about. We talk about how awesome we are. Turn to somebody and say, You are awesome. Yeah, why? Why are they why are they so awesome? They're God's workmanship. They're God's masterpiece. Wow. Somebody say, I'm a masterpiece. I'm wonderful. You are. See? And that's a beautiful thing. And it's not according to the flesh. But it's according to the new creation. According to the new creation that you are. Can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. Are you ready for number six? The sixth key to having strong faith is a reality of what you're considering. A reality of what you're considering. Let's go back to Abraham here. Abraham, verse 19, it says, of Romans 4. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. Since it was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sour's womb. Notice that he did not consider. He did not consider his own body. Now that word consider means to set your mind upon until you clearly see. So he didn't set his mind upon his physical condition. You know, the devil's always going to try to get your mind on your outer man, your physical appearance. How you physically feel. Always trying to develop a consciousness of you according to the flesh. Well, what's that going to do for you? Well, What that does many times is cause people to feel insecure. Causes people to be fearful. And they're always looking. They're always looking at things according to the natural. Notice this. Abraham didn't even consider... He didn't consider. He didn't, that's not where he put his mind. He didn't set his mind on what was going on physically. Now, was he aware of it? He wasn't ignorant of it. He knew. He's an old man. And he's supposed to have a baby. He looks over at Sarah. And if, he just, if they just kept talking about how they, how they looked and how they felt, how they felt, they never would have had strong faith. They never had strong faith. This was a big part to having strong faith. They just couldn't, they didn't set their, they were aware of that, but they didn't set their mind on that. That's not what they were thinking about. They were thinking about what what God had said. They were thinking about him. They were cultivating an awareness of him. The Bible says in Colossians chapter three, verse two, set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. He tells you to do it. How do we got to have strong faith? Set your mind on things. You got to watch. You got to understand. How important it is to set your mind in the right place. You got to set our minds on things above. Set our mind. And that's why it's so important to renew our mind with the word of God. Because that's setting your mind on things above. Setting your mind on what God says is, is setting your mind on things above. And i got news for you. How, how, how many of you know who this is written to? This Colossians scripture right here. It says, set your mind on things above and not on the things of the earth. Who's that written to? Well, you know it's written to you. Now, would he tell you? and he spoke this to you, right? This is what he's saying to you. So if this is what he's saying to you, then obviously you can do it. Yeah. Some people think, well, I have all these raging thoughts going on in my head, and it's hard for me to focus my mind and, you know, I got the devil just, all these raging thoughts in my mind. Okay, so I guess this doesn't apply to you. You're special. You got a special confused mind. <laughs> Everybody's got a confused mind. I got news for you. You're not that special. No, I have a, my thoughts are always, always raging. Everything. Well, he said, set your mind on things above. So what does that mean you need to do? That means you need to take thyself and get yourself over there in the word and meditate and think on. And if you can't read the word, then you can listen to the word, right? You can listen to faith teaching and you just just saturate yourself and you you just keep your mind getting filled with the word of God. Because here's what's happening. As you gain understanding of the word of God, as you grow in your understanding of the word of God, the raging seas of your thought life begin to settle down. And the devil, he, he starts losing things to be able to say to you because you understand things. So he says something to you and, you, and you're like, well, that, you know, I know better. He, well, this is what's going to happen. This is what's gonna, I know better. I know better. You know, so you got understanding about stuff. So it just naturally causes your mind to settle down and become more focused. So stop complaining about it. And start doing what the Bible says and start setting your mind on things above until it becomes second nature to you. Until it just becomes natural to you, until it becomes reactionary that God's thoughts are your thoughts. You know, God's word is in your thought life and that's what you think. The things that he's taught you, the understanding that he's given you, you, you just, that's what, that, that's what comes to your mind now. The devil says stuff here, he says stuff, but then the, mind, the word of God just comes up and just knocks it down. That's why the Bible says that we're to cast down vain imaginations. Over in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, not fleshy, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So we got thoughts that come against our minds. And and there's some thoughts that are strongholds. Oh, these are stronghold thoughts, you know. These are stronghold thoughts. I mean, these have such a strong hold on me. I, I can't help but follow these thoughts. Well, you're, you're not special. You know, he says this to all of us. It's, it's our war. We're all in this battle. Can I get an amen? Don't, don't look at me like that. We're all in this battle. And the battle is raging where? Primarily in the mind. It's in the mind. So he tells you exactly what to do. He says, slap these things down. Exalt, thoughts, thoughts that rise up and they exalt themselves above what God says slap them down but you got to know what God says you got to know that's, that, that's a thought that's exalting itself above the word of God and then not just the word of God in general but you have scripture and verse you know what the Bible says so here a thought comes and you got scripture for that thought slap it down cast it down cast it out uproot the thing throw it out Fill your mind with the living word of God. Hallelujah. And it will work for you because it's living. It's a living thing. It'll work for you and it'll drive out everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Against what is true and what is right and what is peaceful and joyful and what leads to happiness and fulfillment. It'll drive it right out. See? But it takes time to develop that. So you've got you to do that. It did not just happen because you came to church tonight. All, all I've done is, is show you how to get it. What you've got to do. I mean, you got it. Now develop it. You've got the Word of God. You've got the Spirit of God in you. You've got your new creation. The life of God's all around you. He's upon you. And you, know, you have everything you need. You've got the faith of God already on the inside you. But this is how you develop that faith. This is how you cause it to grow. And you obtain this great faith. But you've got to be willing to do it. You can't be this little lazy little thing. Won't it just go away? Can't we just take a pill and make it all go away, Pastor? No. No, you have to. I'm sorry. You're going to have to fight. You have to fight. You know, in our, in our world today, in our society today, people are so soft. People are so soft. You know, there's just no, there's just such, such a little fight. they get got a big mouths, but they don't have a big fight. they got a big growl, <laughs> but they don't, have a big, they don't have a big fight. They just don't. I'm just telling you the truth. It's a, it's a, sad it's thing, sometimes you wonder, you say, my God, if an invading army came and we got drafted and we had to go to war, I wonder what would happen. <laughs> you know, we'd probably just be running around, half-dressed, walking around saying, peace, baby, peace, no war. I don't believe in war. I don't believe in war. Peace, baby. Peace, baby, love, love. Free love. I think a lot of people have gotten that in their system, you know. Just, there's just no fight about them. And so as a society, that's a very, as a nation, that's a very dangerous thing. So as a Christian, it's a very dangerous thing. So Christians need to rise up with a fight about them, say, "Bless God, I'm going to get in, I'm going to set my mind. I'm going to set my mind on things above, on heavenly things, on the word of God, and I'm going to get this. Oh man, I just love it. I don't know. I just got a hold of it early in my walk that, that, that if I get it, then I can have it. Yeah. Yeah. That I could really, I could, be, I could live this kind of life. It made, me, it made me go after it. So I think people just lack hope that they can walk in these things. And so they never get to faith because they're not even walking in hope. This isn't hopeless, folks. This is doable. This is very doable because we have supernatural help. Come on, we're not on our own. We're not doing it in our own strength. It's really, it's God working in us. We're just, we're just cooperating with him. That's all we're doing is just cooperating with the living God so that he can do what he does best. And that's caused us to be overcomers in life. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. So you got to watch what you consider. Got to watch what you consider. We're to set our mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1 says this. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. Well, let's break that down. Consider, set your mind upon until you clearly see the high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. Set your mind on him. Consider him. Consider him. Can I share a quick story with you? I mean, it's full of revelation. Bless your life. It's helped me tremendously. I've applied it. It works. Brother Kenneth E. Hagin was dealing with some very, very alarming heart symptoms in his body. Now, he was born with a deformed heart and incurable blood disease that he overcame by faith as like a 17-year-old. He overcame these things. Well, now, you know, he's out preaching and things like that. Oh, suddenly he has these alarming heart symptoms, you know. So, he, he's lying in bed and he, uh, he's, he's, he's struggling with it, struggling with it. And all of a sudden he hears these words on the inside of him. Consider him. Consider him. And so he thinks, consider him. And then he remembers this scripture right here. Where the Bible says in Hebrews 3.1. Consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. Consider him. So, so he begins to consider Jesus. He begins to consider Jesus and he begins to think about what Jesus has done for him. How Jesus went to the cross. Jesus took his sins. He bore our infirmities. He took our sicknesses. He took our pain. And he's considering Jesus. And he gets some relief and he falls off to sleep. You know, as soon as he falls off to sleep, a little while later, he wakes up again. And those symptoms come back again. And so, he remembered what, you know, the Lord spoke to his heart. Consider him. So he begins to, again, consider Jesus. Begins to think about Jesus and how by his stripes we're healed. And Christ has redeemed us from the curse of sickness and disease. These are all scriptures and he's meditating on these things. Gets some relief, falls off to sleep. And no sooner falls off to sleep and he's awoken back up. And now the symptoms are even worse than before. Worse than before. And so it, it just kept going on like this and finally it got to the point, he said, Lord, he said, you're going to have to do something wrong. I'm going to be gone. He just felt like he was, that, he was just that close to having a heart attack and dying. And so he said that to the Lord and then these words came to him. Consider not. Consider not. And he said, consider not. And then remember this that we're talking about here tonight over in Romans the fourth chapter. how Abraham considered not his own body. He didn't consider his body. And then the Lord spoke to him and he said, see, he said, you do good when you consider me and what I've done for you. But see, then as soon as you begin to feel some kind of symptom in your body, see, then you begin considering that. He said, consider not. Just consider Jesus. He said, I got a hold of that. He said, that was it. "He said I just considered Jesus. He said, I didn't pay any attention to those symptoms and those feelings. He said, he said, I just went off to sleep. And that was the end of it. Hallelujah. See, sometimes we get half of it. We got half of it. We consider Jesus, but then we're also considering the problem. Right, We're considering Jesus, but then we're considering the circumstances. We're considering what's going on around us. We're considering the report. We're considering this. So we're considering not that, while considering Jesus. Hallelujah. And that's the key to strong faith. Glory to God. So number one, the first key to having strong faith is a reality of the spoken word. Number two, the presence of God. Number three, the reality of our fellowship with God. Number four, the reality of the indwelling spirit. Number five, the reality of the new creation. Number six, the reality of what we consider. What we're thinking on. And then I still have a few more, but we couldn't get to them tonight. So maybe, if you're good, We'll get to it next time. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Shout like he hears you. Praise God. Woo! Thank you, Lord.
0: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at LOFBC.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.